0: This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. Topic of today's podcast is critical race theory, wokeness, white fragility, and rednecks like me. This is the first in a two-part series that explores the question, do you want to win the argument, or do you want change? But first... I don't think I really qualify as a redneck. However, I thought the term might catch people's attention, and I'm not above shamelessly calling attention to myself. When most people hear the term redneck, they think of rural white people, politically conservative, pickup trucks, and country western music, which I hear is called country music today. And while I actually voted for Gerald Ford and Ronald Reagan twice, and I'm from a small rural town in northern Wisconsin, and I have family and friends from small rural towns, most people would not consider me a redneck. Yes, I own guns. I go hunting. I like to wear camel clothing and I swear a lot when people don't use their turn signal indicators, but I tend to lean a bit more on the politically progressive side these days. I am decidedly not a redneck, as most people have come to understand the term. Why do I bring this up? There is a point to this. But first, I've used the lens of critical race theory to examine our various social systems. And when this is done, splatters of systemic racism appear, like bodily fluids under UV lighting. Now, there are some who want to take away the UV lighting and say that the bodily fluids are not splattered all over the place. They'll look at the carpet without the UV lighting and say, Just look at the carpet. It's spotless. There's no bodily fluids there you must hate carpets. I don't hate carpets, I say. I love carpets. I just want to clean up the bodily fluids. Then you must be Marxist, they say. Only Marxist would insist that there are bodily fluids where there are clearly none. Nope, not Marxist, I say. Just prefer not to step in bodily fluids on my way to breakfast, thank you. But why, they say, would you teach our children to hate carpets if you're not Marxist? Again, not Marxist, I say, just firmly committed to keeping bodily fluids within the confines of one's bodily body whenever possible. So you think we should be ashamed of our carpets, they ask, and so on, and so on, and so on. The point of it all, Many of us are committed to cleaning the carpet. We're doing what we can to advance issues related to social justice and racial equity. However, in doing so, we often encounter carpet-loving Americans who insist that everything is just fine. They tell us that things are just the way that they should be, and to think or say otherwise is to hate America. Of course, our natural reaction is to point out the utter wrongness of their views. But here's the thing. Our goal is not to win the argument. From a logical and moral point of view, we've already done that. Our goal is ultimately change. That's the whole point. We want change in our social systems. We're striving to form a more perfect union, establish social justice and racial equity, and promote the general welfare of all people. That's the big picture. Change. We're not there yet. We need change. But we got ourselves a dilemma, and that's the point of this podcast. Our arguments are sometimes not heard. Our ideas often fail to take root. The data we present is dismissed or unseen. Why is that? It could be in the delivery system. If we want change, we must consider the idea delivery system. Let me explain. An analogy. I often do teacher workshops My goal here is to get new research-based strategies and ideas into teachers' hands so that they're used with real-life students in their classrooms. I want to induce a bit of change. If teachers would just use these research-based ideas, more students would learn. It's as simple as that. What I have to say could help teachers be more effective in what they do. But I've come to understand that no matter what I say, some people are going to think I'm full of baloney. That's just the way of it. I'll always be the overexcitable little bald man, an ivory tower professor who doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what it's like down in the trenches. The only thing that could possibly get buy-in from some would be if my ideas reinforced what they already think. These people would leave my workshops and think to themselves, that Dr. Johnson, he's really brilliant. I learned a lot today. We need to get him back here. Now, this isn't a criticism. Okay, it's a tiny bit of criticism, but it's just the way things are. The neural networks in our brain are built up over a lifetime of experience and exposure one salient argument, or a single bit of explaining, is not going to uproot and reconfigure a densely constructed, interconnected set of neural networks. Now, this doesn't mean that I should stop presenting my research-based teaching strategies to these teachers. Maybe they'll be changed down the road. Instead, it means that if my goal is change... I need to know and understand my audience. I need to be respectful, and I need to enter a teaching mode, not a haranguing mode. I know as well that some teachers will never accept new ideas. That's just the way of it. But if change is our goal... We must apply the same thinking when talking to audiences about critical race theory, about social justice and racial equity. We must know and understand them, be respectful, even though we don't agree with their ideas, and enter a teaching mode, not a haranguing mode. And no matter what we say, there will always be some who will never change their thinking related to critical race theory. It will always be a Marxist plot to teach children to hate America and be ashamed of being white. That's just a way of it. But our goal is to teach those who are open to ideas that would create a more perfect union, establish social justice and racial equity, and promote the general welfare of all people. And in so doing, Our delivery is important. Another analogy. Imagine, if you will, if I went into a school to do another teacher workshop and I said to my audience, either explicitly or implicitly, I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. Now let me show you how stupid and wrong you are about things. And by the way, let me point out your moral and intellectual shortcomings. Could you imagine how receptive my teacher audience would be to what I have to say? They would hear little. Their own negative responses would garble the message. And they'd be more inclined to disbelieve than to believe. Telling somebody how wrong, stupid, and morally inferior they are is very rarely an effective way to get your message across. However, This is what sometimes occurs when we're talking about critical race theory, social justice, and racial equity issues. We've experienced or know people who've experienced the negative impact of systemic racism. Emotions arise. We give off implicit messages, sometimes very explicitly. I'm guilty of this. There were probably a few snarky comments made in this podcast that didn't need to be there. Again, we've got to remember that our goal is not to win the argument. It's not to be right. It is change. We want change. We want our social systems to continue to evolve. We know the long arc of the moral universe bends towards social justice and racial equity. Our goal is get to get the arc to bend a little bit more quickly.